If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ball players the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, you can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all sales go directly to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. That's the number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S dot com, 9plusus.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast, brought to you by 9plusus. Welcome, baseball family, and thank you again for joining us on our regularly scheduled episode of the Baseball Together podcast. I am Brad, and as usual, I am joined by Brig. Hi, baseball family. And we are coming at you this week with some hot current events and a pretty hot topic that's kind of lingered for a couple decades, it seems like, in baseball. Uh, We're going to talk about steroids today, so we'll get into that a little bit later. (laughs) (laughs) We've been wanting to do this one for a while, and we're finally getting to it today. Uh, But before we do that, let's talk about some current events. Sounds awesome. So this week, Brig, we had one crazy game between the Yankees and the Twins. Oh. Uh, went 10 innings, 5 hours, final scores 14 to 12. Yeah, I know. Um, and I I didn't get to actually watch the game, but I watched the I watched like the recap because they put together the highlights on Facebook and everything, you know. Yeah. Which I think is the best thing you feel like you're watching every single game yeah but man that game was insane and the way that it ended with aaron hicks i mean let me lay this out for you real quick the twins had the bases loaded down two in the bottom of the 10th and then aaron aaron hicks goes out there in left center field and lays out as far as he can to get that ball i mean i feel like that took guts for him to even make that attempt oh yeah way over the shoulder yeah, if he misses it, that game is over, and the Yankees lose. Yep. <laughs> that was out of walk-off. Catch or go home. Yep. yep. Catch or go home. I thought that was a big-time spot. That was gutsy. It was. Gutsy play. Well, and you should see the replay is amazing. He comes, he you know, he lays out, like, totally flying through the air. Mm-hmm. He's he's completely parallel with the ground. And then he catches the ball, and the next thing that happens is his face goes slamming into the ground. Yeah. And he hangs onto the ball. I was just like, magical, man. 
Oh, yeah, because he, he came up and I saw his hat. I was like, dang, what happened to his hat? It's all jacked up. Yeah. And I watched the replay. I was like, oh, that's what happened. His face hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Oh, it did. Man. Fantastic play. Great way to end an exciting game. I thought that was that was a great game. I, I wished I'd have watched it. Um, I just sat and watched that game for five hours. Oh, yeah. No problem. Me too. That would have been a blast. Um, and I look forward to more matchups like this. Brig, do you think this could be a potential playoff matchup that we're going to see? Yeah, I do. I I do. And I, and I think that it will be a very similar scenario if we do see these two teams in the playoffs. I think that it'll be mm-hmm. big time, high scoring, very exciting games. Um, the only thing that will change that, you know, scenario is if the Yankees can put together some starting pitching. Yeah, yeah. Which has been abysmal as of right now, and yesterday, this moment, this, as we sit here, I know James <laughs> Paxton has given up at least seven right now against the Red Sox hit Fenway, and then yesterday Tanaka gave up twelve, twelve, yeah, and, and got oh, just just so bad. Just but the they was part partly to blame with that series in Minnesota because of all the fatigued arms, so. I don't know. That's not an excuse. It was so funny. One of my favorite things, and we'll talk about this in another episode, but one of my favorite things is when the radio announcers get involved. Like they, you can feel their emotional involvement kind of rising yeah. with the moment. Not you don't get that so much on television, but with the play-by-play guys. But but on on uh, radio, and I listen to John Sterling and Susan Waldman all the time, and. So one of my favorite ways to consume baseball actually is the radio. Oh, I love baseball on radio. Yeah. So I'm listening. It's Susan. It's so funny because they 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 pulled in. I think Stephen Tarpley in the third or the fourth inning after Tanaka just got annihilated, and she's like, "Well, this one that run is uh, credited to Tanaka as well." And it was <laughs> so funny because she's she's sitting there saying, "Well, if Tanaka hadn't have put us in this position, and this wouldn't be here." <laughs> she's so upset, seething. You could tell she was so mad. She was like, "That's his fault too." If he if he hadn't have put us in this position, and it was just snotty and funny, and I thought, you know what, this is great. <laughs> this is That's this awesome. is how it should be. So. It's really, I just love that. And the cool thing with the Yankees, and I know I'm a Yankees fan, but it's a lot of my exposure with the Yankees. But with the Yankees, you get everybody's involved, right? Everybody. The guys on TV, the the radio announcers, the concessions people, everybody's in it to win it, man. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So even Susan's yeah. like, how could you do this to us? <laughs> yeah, that that is one thing I love about radio is that the radio guys, I feel like, are so like so much more uh, biased towards their team than yeah. the TV guys. Yeah. Like every once in a while you get some TV guys who are really into it, but the radio guys are all about the home team. And even if they're not a fan of that team, they sure do a great job of putting on that facade yeah. of making you think that they are in it. They're they're in it with you. Yeah. Like they're fighting with you for this team. And that's one thing I love about, about listening to games on radio. It, it's it's so fun in that way. It's the way it should be. Yep, exactly. Um, but something about this game that I thought was super cool. I was watching this highlight, and I was sitting there, and, you know, it gets, it gets late. It gets to, like, the eighth inning. And uh, and the Yankees are down still quite a bit, and I'm like, how does this thing go ten? Yeah, and and this is the thing that's that's crazy about this is they scored five runs in the eighth, gave up two more in the bottom of the eighth, 
scored two in the top of the ninth to take a lead. And then the Twins scored one in the bottom of the ninth. And then the Yankees went on and scored two more in the top of the tenth. Like, that's like the best three innings of baseball we've had all season just oh, about. for sure. That is some killer baseball right there. Yeah. Game of the year. That, all the Yankees yeah. fans are saying it's a game of the year. ESPN is I, saying I think it's baseball the game fans of the year. should be saying that's the game of the year. Totally. I, I, that's that is an insane game and that's going to be one that I think they're going to be playing. I don't know, in the off season. Yeah. Well, and then to load to the bases in the bottom of the 10th, right? Like, come on now. Yeah. Chapman loaded up the bases. That's crazy. To if he's he, a, he's he the closer. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Loved yeah, it. So a whole lot of fun. I'm hoping a postseason preview because I'd love to see those two teams meet meet Me in the postseason. Yeah, I think that would be a blast. Totally agree. All right, so we had. Let's move on to our other. We only have one other current event because we want to talk a lot about steroids today. Um, but our other our other strange thing that happened this week. Um, so, I was talking about how baseball is kind of a, a game where weird things happen. You know, you've got a a round bat hitting a round ball, and just. <laughs> You know, a ball can hit a pebble and it'll go every which direction, things like that. But it's not just on the field that strange things happen. It's with the lineup card. So you got this thing with the Red Sox and the Rays. Um, So the headline that I have here in front of me, I have to read this because it is so complex that I can't just go off the top of my, like, off memory because there's there's a lot of moving pieces here. So this headline says, Red Sox play game under protest after Rays pull lineup trickery. (laughs) whole lot of trickery going on in Tampa Bay. <laughs> That's a great headline, so, by the way. It is a great headline. Anytime you can work trickery into a headline, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a fan of, I'm a fan of that. I think Jim Jim would be proud of that headline. He would be proud of that. Strong words. Yeah, strong words. Bold language. Strong words in the headline. Yeah. Yep. So, for those of you who don't know about protest, um, it's kind of a strange thing with, with baseball that you can protest um, a call or something that happened in a game uh, like in this case something with the lineup card a substitution and if and basically the protest kind of puts a bookmark in the game and they finish playing the game and then if Major League Baseball says okay yeah that was against the rules or that was inappropriate something like that you can go back and you can replay it and finish the game from that point right. from the bookmark yeah. so it, I think it's kind of a cool thing that baseball does it's, it's almost like it was like rained out or like in a, put in a rain delay at that point you can go finish it later you know on a, on a road trip or something yeah it doesn't happen very often though it doesn't i don't i can't think of any time off the top of my head that it's that i've seen it actually happen i've seen a lot of protests but i, I can't think of it actually uh coming to fruition right. but anyway so what happened here was this in the this is in the top of the eighth so the rays had relief pitcher adam choleric uh, i apologize for the name because uh, i'm not sure if that's how he says it he replaced starter Charlie Morton at the beginning of the inning. And then after getting Sam Travis of the Red Sox to pop out, um, the the Rays moved Choleric to first base, replacing G-Man Choi. G-Man, I love G-Man. Yeah, G-Man. Best name in baseball, by the yeah, way. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Chaz Rowe took over pitching. Uh, he, he got Mookie Betts. Looks like he got Mookie Betts out. 
And then Kolarik came back to pitch after Betts, after after um, Rowe pitched to Betts. So Kolarik came back over from first base to pitch again, and Nate Lowe moved to first base. So. <laughs> That's some black magic. It's black magic. I know. It's it's that easy, right? <laughs> yep. So You brought this up earlier. Should... That's some Joe Madden crap right there. Yes. So this is, and this is why I think this isn't super complicated. If you just think about it this way, Kolarik was brought in to pitch. He faced a batter, and then the Rays manager decided, I like the matchup of this other pitcher, So, but I want to keep Kolarik in later because I like the matchups going forward. Right. So he moved Kolarik to first base. Brought in a pitcher. That pitcher came out, moved him back over. It's kind of a Little League move if you think about it because yeah. like that's something that you see a lot in Little League. Is Not so much anymore that I know of, but I know I used to have a coach who would like, like the pitchers would stay in the game a lot. Oh yeah. Just shuffle and then around. Later he'd like, I might need you to pitch a little bit. So he'd bring him back in. Yep. So, um, yeah, that happened a lot when we were growing up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it was an arms thing, uh, back then they weren't so concerned about arms as they are now. But uh, but so it's just a position shift, and it sounds like Alex Cora got really confused by it. And I love in the article here, it says, The series of moves was questioned by Alex Cora, who appeared flummoxed <laughs> by the changes. <laughs> he was flummoxed. Who, who wrote this article? So this is Brian McWilliam of the, the, sport, or the Score app. Okay. I just need to point out that this dude's editor is the bomb. They have they do have great editors with the score, by the way. If anybody is looking for a good scoring app, like a good way a good place to get scores, that's where I get mine is is the score. It's fantastic. It they pull a lot of articles from other places, but their stuff that they write hmm. awesome. I've never heard of them. They, that's this is really cool. So for those of you that don't know, Brad and I both have journalism degrees, right? Like that's how we met is in a jur- yeah. journalism school so <laughs> so yeah when it's so if you got an editor that's letting you throw in words like trickery in the headline and flummoxed in the body of the article <laughs> like that's a cool climate like that culture is amazing <laughs> yeah especially since i've had words that i liked and phrasing taken out that i oh, like like taken out of articles. for sure so so if you've got somebody who lets you keep that stuff in there that is that's tough that's super stuff. super cool big fan now anyway yeah, yeah. um so anyway, I just think it's so funny because there's a lot of talk with like all the sabermetric stuff going on right now that the manager has been uh, like the job of the manager has been minimalized. Yeah. Like last year, we saw in the playoffs, um, Dave Roberts with the with the Dodgers that basically he didn't get to, he didn't have any say in the lineup card because there was at one point the Bell the Cody Bellinger wasn't even in the lineup because there was a left handed pitcher on the mound. It's all right handed batters. That's like that's not a guy you take out of the lineup. No. You know? Yeah, that's weird. And then there was a point where there was a change made that was based on sabermetrics, and Roberts had no say in it. That they are completely handcuffed by sabermetrics, and that's kind of what's happening to the game. And we'll talk. I think this is another episode we can talk more about this kind of stuff. Um, but I don't feel like the manager is completely like taken out of the game because this is something Cora should be able to pay attention to and see exactly what's going on. Oh, for he sure. Understand what's happening here and be able to see that once that pitcher is taken off the mound to another position, what happened there was that the DH was ineffective. The DH, they lost the, the yeah. DH. They had to bring in a pinch hitter for that pitcher 
the, the next, next substitution. Yeah. So, so that that's I feel like that's another aspect of the game that people don't understand with the manager is that he has to actually be thinking about those things more maybe because there's more of that going on. Yeah with sabermetrics and advanced stats and things like that. So it's 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 kind of an interesting shift is that it is more of a thinking man's game in that aspect. I thought I thought that was interesting when I saw that. Um, but like we said, we've seen Joe Madden do this a ton. I saw him do it probably two or three times last year or two years ago. Yeah. We pulled the pitcher, put him in left field, yeah. and then brought him back in two, three batters that later. That dude's a wizard, man. He knows the rules inside yeah. and out. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to see some of the stuff that he does because of his understanding of the rules and things yeah. like that. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Some fun stuff. Some fun stuff. Um, and when you see stuff like this, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool to see the the creative things that managers do to gain an edge. Um, you know, and obviously it's perfectly legal. It's just strange. Yeah. Strange is okay. Just strange stuff. Yep, just manipulating manipulating the lineup card, and uh, it's fun stuff. Sweet man. Well. Let's go ahead and take a short break, and when we come back, we will get into talking about steroids. Oh, man, I'm so excited. (laughs) The designated hitter. The infield fly. A ground rule double. The dropped third strike. To some, these seem like strange things. To you, these are just baseball things. Shop the Baseball Things Collection at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. We hope you enjoyed your very short break, and we did, although it was longer for us than it was for you. We are now, <laughs> we are now going to get into one of uh, the most hotly disputed topics in all of baseball history. We are going to talk about performance-enhancing drugs. Um, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, lot to, there's a lot to say about steroids and other performance enhancers. And so first, um, I think we should avoid the core question at first, uh, which is what is cheating? Like, let's table mm-hmm. that for now, because I think that okay. that's at the heart of this. But first, let's talk about, is it okay or is it not okay to use performance enhancers? And what does what is the difference between a performance enhancer and a steroid? Brad, you're up first. Oh, man, that's a tricky one. So let's, let's let me do the first one first. So is it okay to use performance enhancers? That's the first right? question. Okay. So I'm going to say no. Well, not entirely. It depends on what the performance enhancer is. Okay. Because I feel like there's <clears throat> there's performance enhancing drugs and then there are performance enhancing products. Right? Uh-huh. So Splitting hairs right away, Brad. I like this. I'm going to. I'm going to split hairs this whole time. So... I don't think performance enhancing drugs are okay because they change your being, right? They change okay. your body in an unnecessary way. And it's not necessarily something that's going to be available to everybody. It's not going to do the same thing to and for everybody, right? Okay. However, performance enhancing products, I feel like are okay. 
not only to enhance performance, but also in some cases for the safety of the game. Okay, so let me, I'm going to go real basic and then I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Um, first, I'm going to say batting gloves. Okay. okay. Batting gloves, I consider performance enhancing product because um, I used to hear stories about guys back in the day, back in the old days of baseball, before batting gloves were a thing. They'd say that they'd come into spring training and they'd get blisters all over their hands when they were first taking batting practice because they hadn't built up their calluses yet. You're right. And I feel like I I have a scar on my right hand because um, I lost my batting gloves at one point, so I was just like, you know, I'll just go without. And so the bat kind of shifted in my hand at one point, and I, I got this nasty blister um, on my hand. And it, the callus never really went. So I guess it's more of a callus than a scar. But the callus has never gone away. And I, I don't do anything that, that would get calluses on my hands. Right? Like, I lift weights, but I don't lift enough to get calluses. So okay. That's, that's a like lot. If, <laughs> so if guys are, like, are getting, like, splinters, or not maybe not splinters, but blisters and calluses on their hands from not wearing batting gloves, it's going to affect the way that they hold the bat right sure and also pine tar i don't feel like does the same thing on your bare hands as it does with batting gloves i feel like if you're using pine tar and batting gloves you have a better grip on your bat yeah i would agree with that um and that that is from personal experience because i've done it both ways and and if you've got a better grip on your bat you're going to be able to swing more confidently absolutely so i feel like batting gloves are a performance enhancer in that respect but on the vein of pine tar, I feel like pitchers should be allowed to use a little bit of pine tar. Like we've we've seen pitchers who have it like on their belt, their hat, their arm, whatever. Yeah. On cold, maybe rainy days, have a little bit of pine tar to get that little bit extra grip. Because if I'm a batter, I want that pitcher to have as much control as he can. Yeah. I don't care if it means more snap on a curveball, as long as he's not losing control of that fastball and it's coming at my head. Huh. Because that's not a pleasant experience, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, no. So um, so I feel like performance-enhancing products, to a degree, are fine. But performance-enhancing drugs are not okay because it gives you – it can give someone an unfair edge by the way that it affects their body. It may not affect somebody else's body the same way. Like some guys I've heard when they're on steroids – their vision is just through the roof. They can see the ball better. It's like it's like hitting a beach ball instead of hitting a baseball, right? Yeah. But I don't know if it does that for everybody. So it, I feel like that's kind of the shaky edge because because no medication or drug is going to affect two people exactly the same. Right, and that's your main argument. You with the pharmacy background, you're saying that you your biggest issue is that there's no equilibrium. There's no equalization in the in the pharmaceutical enhancement of a player's mm-hmm. performance and that's yeah. so are you then saying that if there was a level of equality through performance enhancing pharmaceuticals that you would be okay with it well, yeah it's called protein shakes i mean guys drink protein shakes up before like after their workouts right and it helps recover and i feel like that's something that's consistent across everybody sure uh, it, it's going to help that's going to help you bulk up faster help you recover from your workout be able to get to your get to the game and 
and play better because you're not completely sore from your workout that day or the day before. You're going to be able to work out, um, going to be able to get a better workout the next day because you're recovering from your protein shake. So I, I feel like that is a, is a great example of here's something simple, a pharmace- semi-pharmaceutical, I guess you could say. Sure, yeah. Because it's an over-the-counter supplement. Supplement, yeah. That that affects you physiologically, is, yeah, and it's mild enough that it has the same effect on everybody. But it's, I mean, I get to use the, I guess, the analogy we're using. Steroids, I guess, would be protein shakes on steroids. That the effect is so massive that it's going to go to so many different places in your body. It's it's flooding your. I mean, I'm going to get scientific on you, like a little bit, a little bit biological on you. It's flooding your system with that with that chemical. And everything is just reacting like, I don't know what to do, but just get bigger, right? Right. So that's how that works. And well, yeah, for sure. Some pe- some guys' bodies are just going to be like, I can't handle it, and, it's some- and something may go wrong. And they die. They pass out from dehydration during spring training and die. Or they start lactating. I don't know. Yeah, or that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so- Tiff, so we... Tiffany's here. I forgot to announce her presence. Sorry, I've been sitting here. You guys didn't know that. <laughs> She's been sitting quietly this whole time. She's so awesome. Um, but we brought her in because she has some really interesting opinions on this, and I want to know what you think, babe. So my take on steroids is a little bit different, and I I don't know why I think this way, but this is how I think. Um, when I think about the topic of steroids in any professional sport let's say the olympics or let's say the nfl let's say mlb which is what we're talking about um the concern that i have is that when when a person gets to be a professional athlete um they are no longer a they're no that's going to sound terrible but i'm i'm very serious when i say this they're no longer a a, a their own being they're now a part of a machine that is a product for the masses um and that's what happens when you get signed into uh these spaces of professional uh professional athleticism so you're a public figure public figure excuse me um you also are part of the professional athleticism as a whole. So you're, you're compared to other athletes, you're compared to other athletes in different sports. Um, you know, you're paid quite a lot of money and, uh, and your business is entertainment now. And so here's my concern is that when athletes get to be professionals and they are using performance enhancement drugs, they are making themselves superhuman and they are also um as someone that has some clout in in the media and uh in the eyes of of the public in general um they make it normal or they make it exciting or they make it something that needs to be used uh if you're going to be a professional athlete and this has a trickle down effect and so this is a problem, you know, when uh, our kids or ourselves, if anybody that is uh, looking to become a professional athlete themselves, they may take the message as if those who are professional right now are using performance enhancing drugs, then I need to 
do it early as well. I need to do it as soon as possible. Clearly this is what is done. Um, but it has some terrible effects for, uh, for people who use it over time. And especially, I don't know that there's um, a lot of research done over a large amount of time because the actual study of it is unethical. Um, you know, universities can't give athletes drugs and follow them over years and years of time. But what they have seen is the after effects of athletes who have used them in the past and what has happened to them later in life. And a lot of it has to do with their, you know, it messes up your hormones over the space of your life. Um, mm -hmm. meaning they become, your hormones don't become as effective or you have a, a diminished effect over time. And, and that's very serious. It's like, it's a, it's an ethical problem. It's not just a question of whether this is good for the sport or good for the athlete, but is it good for society? Is it good for, um, the person's lifespan? Um, because a person might be a professional baseball player for 10 years if they're lucky, maybe more. Maybe yeah. less, but sure. let's say average. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've seen much longer with uh, with steroid athlete with the steroid players, exactly. right? You know that that's what extended their their careers. So let me just get this straight. You're saying that because they're public figures, they are ethically or morally or socially whatever responsible to uphold a certain standard. Let's call it whatever it is, right? a certain standard because of the impact that it will have on younger players, younger generation, those who idolize them. And because of their, because of the corporeal effects that it has on them and the detriment that that can have over time, you're saying that these younger players will are taking this as acceptable practice and it's happening sooner and sooner, which is lengthening and extending those negative impacts and 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 causing those negative impacts to occur sooner. I believe so. And okay. it's not just like, so if you think of, um, for example, the phenomenon of coffee, I don't know if um, you've ever taken a, a quick look, but um, coffee is now a extremely, I mean, not that it wasn't before, but it's normal for children to drink coffee because it is normalized in and, and made to be um, something that is always done, that is always cool in normal society. So not that caffeine is ne necessarily a performance-enhancing drug, but you can see just in something so simple as coffee was normally a product consumed by adults, but now is a product consumed by uh, people of every single age and every single day. Um, and let's say that steroids were to become normalized in professional sports and then it would become something that is talked about something that is accepted and something that is cool and the trickle down effect could be just as serious hmm. well an example of that is um smokeless tobacco or, or chew yeah. in baseball and i know they've done a lot of stuff to try to kind of phase it out of the game as far as visibility and things like that um but when i was playing in high school there were a lot of guys i played with who chewed um, you know, most of the guys I played with, our goal was to at least to get to college, if not the top. Right. Right. Um, and there were a couple guys who were like, like, Hey, come, come have a chew. I'm like, I I'm, I'm good. You know, <laughs> it right. doesn't appeal to me at all. Like, Hey man, you'll never make it if you don't do it. Everybody does it. And I'm just like, I, that, no, 
you know right i don't a i don't believe you and b i don't think that's the case uh like i i don't need to but it was so normalized in baseball at the time like i totally agree with you on this tip that that was something that was that was so normalized at the time that they felt like that was just something you had to do if you're playing baseball you've got you've got a dip you know yeah. right so what if it became you're in baseball you have to take steroids mm-hmm. you know and i think and i think that that might and you know i don't want to like accuse anybody but i know there were rumors of a couple guys i played with who did and um and i don't know for sure i don't know for sure if they did but um i'm just gonna put that right there but there was some evidence that maybe that was possibly true mm-hmm. and it was because they wanted to get to the top level right right and they believed they that... Like that they felt like that's what they needed to do to get there they felt like that's what it took right Okay, so this bring this is a great segue into the next question, which is we're talking about these people's livelihood. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as that, right? These guys get played to play this game, to get paid to play this game the best way they can with the highest mm-hmm. possible performance levels against other guys who are playing at the same levels of intensity. And so if you can... You know, it's it's not outside the realm. It's, it's not hard to understand. It's not a difficult jump to say, hey, I am doing literally everything in my power to improve my game. I am do, and I'm willing to do everything I can to make my performance better, to help myself, help my team, pay for school, pay for my family's, you know, generations of, of you know, wealth or whatever their, their goal mm-hmm. is, like we've talked about in the past, right? And they're doing every, I mean, it's so clear, right? So we've, you know, you brought up pine tar, you brought up batting gloves. Um, and now they've got that, that wedge of foam that they stick over their thumb. And that's just one more thing. Yeah. And they're doing every little tiny thing they can. So I don't think it's difficult to understand the position that these players are coming from. And then you right. take oh, it. I fully understand the position of using steroids. I totally understand why somebody would. Absolutely. And it's, it's 100%. just, it's simple. So then you got to figure the entire industrial complex, right, around baseball or mm-hmm. athletics in general is built around getting better, being better, moving further, you know, all this stuff. And so you you figure the trainers are involved on some level. They got to be. Um, mm-hmm. Whether or not they're employed by the clubs, I don't know. But I almost every one of these athletes has off-season coaches, right? Yes. They all have off-season mentors and coaches and it's almost like their own personal team that that they hire to keep them at peak performance and making sure that they recover properly and there's a regimen in place for all of their improvement in the off season and so there's an entire economic thrust going on behind improvement and so so if you if you say hey take this pill and you can get better take the shot and you can get better how can they not? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I totally, like I said, I totally understand that. And there are a lot of guys who kind of hide behind that as far as, um, Oh, my trainer gave me something. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. That's the old line. That's the party line. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel like in that aspect, guys do have to be smart and they can't just trust their trainers because they're tra- There's money in it for their trainers too. Of course. You know, if, 
if your train if your trainer's the guy who helped you get to that next level who who got you from everyday third baseman to all-star third baseman and a 250 $300 million dollar 10-year contract he's going to get a raise yep right so there's there's incentive for the trainer to to sneak a little something into your supplements too so i feel like there's responsibility across the board for everybody you can't just say the trainer can't just say here take this and the guys you know okay blindly take whatever there there has to be a not just a a relationship of trust but but maybe a little bit of skepticism i don't want to say skepticism on the players but caution maybe there can't yeah yeah, caution. caution there can't be any any naivety to what the potential of anything, any possible potential foul play anywhere. Okay, now. Anybody that they know because of the financial uh, reward of it all. Of course, and that's, what I, that's part of what I'm saying. But you've just used the term foul play, which indicates how you feel about the consumption and use of performance enhancers. Yes. So how do you... That f- is how... So you think it's wrong. So... <laughs> I do think it's wrong, and um, and there and there's a lot of reasons. And I feel like I feel like Tiff brought up some great points that something I hadn't directly thought of, but it's it's crossed my mind of this can't be something that's regular. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't just it it can't have it. You can't have that trickle down effect. Totally. And another thought that I had is, what is there to be amazed at in a, a athlete if their their greatest achievements were done under performance enhancing drugs. What is there to be appreciative of? Like, oh, he had an amazing, like record breaking year, but it wasn't him. It was it was his enhanced abilities. It wasn't his true abilities. So what is there to be amazed at if this is cluttering the the athletic space? Well yeah, I mean you, you take the Barry Bonds home run record, for instance, and not many people are really in awe of it. Like if you bring it up, it's typically like, yeah, well, but you know, it's kind of how that's. Yeah, approached. it is. Especially um, at my house. <laughs> that's how I I've, approach it. I'm totally honest. Like I don't even bring up Barry Bonds. His name doesn't even go on the list in my house. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and we can get to that in a little bit, but no, there there isn't really much awe with somebody who's who's done all that. Like at the time with with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, it was like, oh my gosh, these guys are hitting all these home runs. This is unbelievable. Then you find out that it was steroid fueled, you know, for sure with Mark McGuire. And I, I think there's just kind of an abs- assumption with Sammy Sosa. And then he corked his bat. And then there's the corked bat thing, oh, right? Oh gosh, how tragic! Talk about performance-enhancing products. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that turns out Sosa could have been a complete fraud. Yeah, from start know? to finish. Yeah, yeah. That it's like, oh well, we may never see that again. So it kind of puts Roger Maris even on a higher level because, you know, and then was he using greenies at the time? Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like I don't know, it, it's it's all like so, so so foggy before there was any testing and it was 
I don't know. It's it's so weird just to like what we should be amazed by and what we shouldn't be because of the performance enhancing drugs, but especially baseball in the nineties, everything that we saw. I mean, we know with, I want to say 99.9% of certainty that Ken Griffey Jr. was clean. His dad said there's no way he would have done steroids because he hates to lift weights. Yeah. Right. right yeah. Until now, <laughs> until now. <laughs> yeah. Until now. And now he's a tank. Cause he, yeah, just now he has nothing else to do, so right. he's probably lifting weights. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we can say the same about Derek Jeter, and uh-huh. and there's a a bunch of other guys that I think fit that category that are clean, but but they are I think the distinct minority in that mid '90s to early 2000s steroid era. So I totally agree with you that Roger Maris, his 61 home run record in 1961 is just ridiculously amazing. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't there in 1961. I didn't watch it. Right. I was there in 98. (laughs) Okay. Yes. And me and everybody else, right? All of America. We all, even people that didn't like baseball were tuned in and paying attention. We didn't, my, my family, we weren't Cubs and, and Cardinals fans. You know, oh, no. we, we weren't, yeah. but we watched Mark McGuire play baseball every day yeah. if we could, yeah. every single day. Yeah. So the other argument we run into is whether or not this performance enhancing thing is good for baseball. Does it enhance the product? Does it bring in more excitement or, or whatever? You know, you hear these arguments all the time. So Tiff, what, what do you think? Is it good for baseball? Does it enhance the product? I would say that it doesn't, and here's why I'm going to make a comparison with the Olympics. Um, When we watch the Olympics, we expect to see the height, the peak of human ability. And our expectation is understanding that these people are real people. These people have worked hard. Like we, we appreciate what they're going through and what they have gone through to get there. And we appreciate it more because it is them. And in a, in a sense of, you know, we, when we watch others perform, we put ourselves in their shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we share the story with them and this is why we endear ourselves to, um, to characters. And um, when we hear about, um, let's say a team this happened recently that um, used performance enhancing drugs to uh, qualify for the Olympics. And it's, it's an extreme letdown as a fan to know that other people, it makes you feel like, Hey, if I took performance enhancing drugs, I could be a part of this elite group that, you know, it makes you feel like, oh, there is nothing special about them. So if we, you know, we transfer that, that understanding to baseball, and I think maybe we don't think of this very often, but we want our baseball players to be good, normal people that we could sit around the table and have dinner with, but also admire as they play. And when we find out that they have done something um, so recently, you know, when we think about things like Addison Russell and his uh, domestic abuse problems, it takes them from the pedestal of these are our people. These are our, our heroes. These are the people that we include in our daily conversations in our family. It brings them down and with it, it brings us down. So if it, 
So it's not good for baseball because as a fan and without fans, you guys, there is no baseball. There might be community baseball, but there is no such thing as a professional sport without a fan. And so it is not good to have um, elite athletes taking performance enhancing drugs because when we understand that as fans, we have no respect. And without a fan, there is no professional baseball. And we're going to stop right there on that mic drop by Tiff for this week. Don't forget to visit shop.9plusus.com where you'll find awesome baseball shirts, hats, wall art, other things. And 10% of all sales go to help a young person in need play the game that we all love. And also subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so we can continue to bring this to you every week. And we'll catch you next week, baseball family. We'll pick up right where we left off.